Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Good morning, RCC. We love you, and we are so happy that you could join us online. And we are so ready to get into the Word today. You know, I am sure like many of you, we're tired of hearing uh, and talking about uh, uh, the, the COVID-19 and what's happening, though there's a real problem there. I want to focus on prophetic principles in the Word of God that will bless you, that will make uh, us encouraged, and that will give us great divine instructions in this season that we're in. You know, I've been praying a lot, and um, I haven't really done a series since uh, this pandemic came out um, because I wanted to prophetically hear the word of the Lord uh, along with praying and seeking counsel from others, what they're hearing, to really give the body of Christ what I feel is a now word every week. We talked about flourishing uh, during these seasons in a palm, as a palm tree. Uh, we had an incredible time last week with the testimonies that you all saw of lives being transformed to prove that Jesus is alive. Well, today, I want to welcome all who are watching. And if you are a first-time visitor like you saw in the announcement portion, we do want to connect with you. I highly encourage you to go to our um, app our RCC app, which of course is in Google Play now and also in uh, our app store, the app store for Apple. And I also encourage you to go to our website, which has so much information as for a first time visitor, even if you've given your life to the Lord. So we want to welcome all of you who are uh, first timers and also our spiritual family that I miss uh, so much. And hopefully we can all be together soon. Well, today I have a word of the Lord that's been really burning in my heart. Again, this is not a series. This has been week by week, um, kind of listening to little impulses of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit brought this into my heart a couple of days ago, but we're going to share with you today. And I'm entitling this message, Prophesying in the Valley. Uh, I never really preached on this before. I have some papers where, where I have some scribble on there. I usually have it on my iPad. But I want to just ha- encourage you to get your Bibles out. Now, I want to pause and say this. I'm going to speak prophetically and eschagee these scriptures that we're going to be um, discussing today. So I want you to get your Bibles. I want you to get your iPad, your smart de- uh, phone or smart device. And whatever you have your Bible at, get it. Because I feel that these are what I'm calling prophetic instructions when we're in the valley, right? So the title of it is Prophesying the Valley, but the the subtitle, if you will, is these divine instructions from God on what to do in the valley. And of course, it's going to come from a very popular portion of Scripture in Ezekiel. But before before you tune me out, uh, there's such a backstory in this, in Ezekiel 37, we're going to share with you verse by verse, and these things are going to be the points. It's just going to be on your screen. It's going to be on the app. But just a little backstory about uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, again, was prophesying in a time where there was the, in the cap- captivity, the Babylonian captivity, where the children of Israel as well and the, uh, were were getting migrated from their place and captured into Babylon. So it was a very dark time, a very uh, distressful time uh, for Ezekiel and the children of God and the people of God. And so um, obviously in that case, there was judgment because every time you saw judgment in the Old Testament, it's because the people of God forsook the ways of the Lord. As a matter of fact, Acts 
actually did a little study on the kings, uh, the righteous kings and the wicked kings. If you, I encourage you, if you have time, go to like 2 Kings and 1 Kings and Chronicles and look at almost every king that the Bible says, and so-and-so was king and he did evil on the side of the Lord. You know what that evil was? Pretty much it was idol worship. The, they did evil on the side of the Lord. They caused other people to do idol worship or they themselves, they started worshiping to foreign gods and they neglected the ways of the Lord. Almost every time you see and the king did evil on the side of the Lord, uh, there was uh, idolatry and they ab abandoned the word of God, right? Every time you see people like Hezekiah, uh, David, all that, and it says, and he, did, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. If you read next, it was actually to discombobulate what the former king did to abandon the ways of God, which is they, the righteous kings, almost all of them, it was described righteous king when they tore down the altars of false worship. Come on, somebody. I'm just introing here. This is just an introduction here. Every righteous king that was labeled and he did right in the sight of the Lord destroyed idol worship, false worship, and got the people back to the principles of the word of God. Now, I say that because there were several people on the scene that the Lord uh, caused to rise up during uh, the midst of the, um, the Babylonian captivity, right? And Ezekiel is a priest, he's a prophet, uh, one of the most accurate uh, prophets, but we call him uh, the, the charismatic prophet because Ezekiel had so many experiences with God, with the supernatural. In, the, in, the, in chapter 1 and in chapter 3, he saw the glory of God and the wheel within the wheel and, the, and the, 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 the living creatures and the four faces and the thunder and the lightning. He saw all that. And in Ezekiel chapter 3, you see that it, Ezekiel was perplexed for days, for seven days. He was so perplexed. Uh, uh, having these supernatural visions over and over again about the, the coming things that was happening to Israel and to the children of God that he, he almost didn't move for seven days. Well, the story obviously up and through, through the, the, the book of Ezekiel is one prophecy after the other warning the people of God uh, that there was uh, Babylonian captivity was coming and also to get right with God, to get things um, but we pick it up in Ezekiel chapter 37. And I want you to, what we're going to do today is go bit by bit. Because before uh, Ezekiel was set up in this stage of Ezekiel 37, you have to know the backstory. And uh, even though this, this title is called uh, Prophesying in Your Valley, because we all are in a valley at some sort right now with what's happening, and some of us are still on the mountaintop, but the nation is feeling like we're in a valley. So what do you do when you're in a valley? You prophesy in the valley. And I want to just encourage you that Ezekiel was not exempt from the valley. And I'm going to show that to you. But before Ezekiel prophesied in the valley, he prophesied to mountains. And that you could find that in, in chapter 36, a chapter before. And even in 37, where we're going to discuss today, you see that God told Moses first to prophesy to the mountains. So this is so symbolic because Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will speak to this mountain and it shall be removed from here to there. So it's, it's important that prophetically, whatever we're facing, we identify it and we speak and prophesy to that mountain. Can I hear an amen? 
I want to turn to Ezekiel 37 uh, with that. This is my, that was my intro, and um, I'm going to try to be good in time. And what I wanted you to see is the first three verses first, and we're going to uh, give each point. Uh, point number one is going to come from the first three verses. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 3, in the NLT version, this is what the Lord says. The Lord took hold of me. This is Ezekiel writing. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered. These bones were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. This is so important. The bones were not only scattered, church, they were dried out. Let me pause and for your reflection. They were dried out. There's a spiritual and prophetic implication to this, to this. They were not only scattered. These bones were dried out. Then he asked me, the Lord asked me, Son of man, can these bones become one living, uh, sorry, be, become living again? And, and uh, Ezekiel replied, O sovereign Lord, you alone know that answer. Now, before we go to the, the several verses, we're going to break these verses down, all right? Here is the first thing that we need to have when, uh, um, when coming to a place of where it, we're at right now in our nation, in our world. If you find yourself in a valley, is this. Number one is that we need to see the condition with our eyes. We need to feel the condition in our spirit. We need to embrace and know the condition that we're in, in our personal lives, in our business, in our spiritual walk with God. Come on, somebody. We just can't ignore, oh, whatever's happening. We need our eyes to see what is happening. Why? Because the first thing that you see God do to Ezekiel is take him in the spirit to a valley. So that means Ezekiel was seeing the value. He was, sorry, the valley. He was, he was seeing the condition of eventually what was explained, the, the people of God. He was seeing God explain to Ezekiel that in this valley, you're seeing lots of scattered bones and they're very dry. In other words, the first thing is that Ezekiel was shown this vision in the valley. He wasn't showing him when he was high on the mountaintop. He, wasn't, he didn't show it when he was uh, uh, having real good stuff. He actually took him to this valley, let him see for himself. Because in order for us to fix a problem, we have to know the problem. We have to know this, what's, what's happening. Because in, in order to fix something in our lives... We got to see what the problem is. So God said to Ezekiel, I want you to see with your eyes. Why? Because I want you to carry a burden for what you're seeing. I want you to carry a burden for what you're experiencing. And you're going to be in this valley too. But I'm going to give you instructions for you and the people of God how to thrive and, and get out and survive in the valley. So he takes them. So the first thing, the first point I want to say is you've got to allow yourself to see the condition of what's happening. Open your eyes. Seeing the condition of what's happening in your family. See the condition of what's happening in your, in your neighborhood. See the condition that's happening in the church. See the condition that's happening all around you. You know, many people could prophesy on the mountaintop. Come on, somebody. Many people could, could, could live 
uh, on the mountaintop. What do I mean mountaintop experience for Christians? Mountaintop experiences are just uh, living off of one great experience and the next. And, and you're having the blessing. The blessings of God are overflowing in you. That's a mountaintop. Come on, somebody. That, that is a mountaintop. When you are experiencing the blessing of God and you're feeling the presence of God every time and you have no problems and everything is, is beautiful for you, you're getting a promotion, you're getting a raise, your health is perfect, that's mountaintop experience. But I have news for everybody. I have news for myself. I have news for the nation. Eventually, we're going to come down that mountain. That doesn't mean we stop being closer to God. Does it mean that, that we, will, we can't continue to have a long-term joy and ecstasy with the presence of God? What it means is eventually there's going to be some valleys in our life. And I could prove that in Mark chapter 9, uh, really it's a long verse, so I'm not going to go there, but it's uh, chapter 9, 1 through 29. Um, it, it gives a, an amazing story, guys, of this mountaintop experience and a valley experience, right? In a snapshot of Mark chapter 9, you can read it yourself. Um, it's, a, it's long verses, so I'm just summarizing it. But basically, Jesus takes uh, Peter and John, right, and, he, and, uh, and James, and he, they take him, he, he takes them to this mountain, right? Just selected these three, Peter, James, and John, to a mountain, and the Bible said Jesus transfigured himself, so much so that his clothes became so radiant and white, more than any launderer could ever do. So it was this brightness and whiteness that they've never seen before. And the Bible says then Elijah appeared and Moses appeared, right? And so Peter was scared. He's like, maybe we should get three tabernacles. And the Bible says because Peter was scared, you know, he was kind of freaking out. They were having this glorious moment with Jesus. Pause, pause for a second. Imagine if that was you sitting in your homes. Imagine if the Lord says, hey, Bill, hey, Tom, hey, hey, George, hey, hey, Melissa, or whatever your name is, right? And said, I want you to come to the mountain with me. And you have an exclusive view of my glory, right? That, my friends, is a mountaintop experience. They were probably saying, oh my God, this is amazing. As Jesus was coming down, the Bible says that he charged them, hey, don't Write about these things until after I resurrect. So they had to keep that as a kind of a, a secret until he resurrected. But they just were in a mountaintop. You know what happened? Guys, do you know what happened right when they went to the floor, considered the valley, you know, the mountain and the valley? They had to deal with real problems. As soon as they got from this experience, immediately the Bible says when they touched the ground and they were on the floor in a sense of the mountain or in the valley, right, in the valley, you know what happens? Everyone was having a commotion, and Jesus said, hey, what's going on? And there's one that, one that, when this one guy goes, hey, my son, he has a, 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 a demon, and he has a, a, a deaf and, and dumb spirit, and it throws him, and it, and it convulses him, and he foams at the mouth. And then this guy says, I tried, I tried to give it to your disciples, but they could not cast them out. And the Bible says that Jesus, coming just moments earlier from a mountaintop experience, he almost sighed in, in frustration, and it says, how long will I deal with your unbelief? And then he says, how long? Will, then he, he, he dealt with the problem, and he eventually cast it out, um, and, and he said, this type does not come out except through fasting and prayer. My point is this. Just a few moments ago, he was transfigured. The glory of God was there, and then he had to come down and face some real problems of people because it's the valley. But you know what, what God showed Ezekiel about God's people? Hear me now. Now, this is really good. In the valley. So he didn't even show him that you're in a valley. Okay? So he, that's the, the sight part. Like, you need to see where you're at so you could take action. Right? But he also showed him something very specific in the valley. What was it? 
it was not just bones. We all know that. We sing songs about that. There were scattered bones, right? But they were very dry bones. I'm going to say that again. Bones, as you know, those of you who read the story, and you'll read it uh, at the end of this message, you'll see all of it. Bones are actually, in this story, representing the people of God. He showed, God showed Ezekiel a valley filled with the people of God bones that were scattered, right? Whether it's through life circumstances, they weren't unified, they're, they're all over the place. Come on, right? And the Bible says they were very dry. Now, I need you to hear this very, very closely. Because in order for bones to be called very dry, which means that those bones have been lifeless and dead for a while, for a very long time. In order for bones to be considered dry, dry, when they describe it as dry, that means those bones have been laying there lifeless and dead for many, many years. Many moments of time. I, I say this to you uh, because I believe not only the, the valley is where he saw this, and many of us are in a valley, but he also identified the people of God as very dry and lifeless. Now, I want to pause and say this. This is very important, I believe, to the heart of God. Prophetically, all right, how do you and I know if we're not slipping into one of those dry bones? What is it about our lifestyle that, that we first have to see about ourselves Right and see the condition of where we're at to identify if we're lumped into that dry bones. Have you been experiencing some extreme dryness from the presence of God? I'm not talking about a wilderness experience. I'm talking about how do you and I know that we've slipped into a dry bone reality, which is the people of God not having a lot of life or zero life in them for a while. Here are some signs that we may be slipping into it, all right? So I'm going to give you five little mini uh, signs of a, a prophetic, spiritual, dry-boned Christian, which means the, the, the life of God, the, the presence of God the, the, um, the, 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 is lacking and is escaping, and you feel that you've been dry for a long time. Here are some of the factors, okay, of a dry-boned Christianity as is in this uh, scripture in Ezekiel. Number one, a sign that we're getting into a lifeless um, state or a uh, dry-boned uh, state when it comes to Christianity is number one, when there is little to no desire for reading the word of God or hearing the word of God or studying the word of God. That's number one. A first sign. And I didn't get this in a book, by the way. I just do this. I'm sharing this through my own life experience. I'm sharing this also through prayer, through things that I've seen in other people's lives throughout my years. I've created this, five, this list of about five. So the first sign or warning sign, that's a better way to say it. The first warning sign that we may be drifting into a dangerously dry bone reality like the, the, the people of God were in Ezekiel is when we no longer have a desire to read the word of God, to hear the word of God, to study the word of God. Uh, spiritual conversations uh, are, are dull. Um, you don't 
like them anymore. Uh, you're not uh, enthused by spiritual uh, talk about the word. And every time you get together with somebody, you don't really want to talk about the word. And the word is flowing out of some people, but it's not flowing out of you. Come on, somebody. And you have to get to that point where you recognize this is a dangerous place that I could be in the valley of dry bones myself if I start neglecting these warning signs, which is number one, no desire at all for the word of God. Come on, say amen. The second warning sign that we could be in the valley of dry bones is when um, our... This is, this, is really, this is really important. When our conviction level drastically drops our conviction level in other words uh, our level of how we gauge what's holy or what's not right our conviction level of what we just allow into our lives uh, or what we are saying is not sin but really is sin come on somebody amen i know a lot of people all in the name of maturity or all in the name of whatever you want to call it convince themselves that uh, what they used to be convicted about no longer convicts them. And my response to that is, well, then who did the conviction in the first place? Was it just your preference? Or if the Holy Spirit convicted you, then the Holy Spirit doesn't change his mind about what's in his word that's holy or not. Come on, say amen. Say amen to that. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. The second warning sign that we may be in the valley of dry bones ourselves is that uh, our conviction level drastically drops. You used to uh, not see anything uh, in the movies with nudity, but now you have no problem seeing it. Or you used to were able to restrain your tongue and your speech. Now you, you have no problem just cursing. And all, all the while you're saying, oh, you, you know, we just evolved. It's okay. God understands. No, no, no. It's not about evolving. It's about understanding that there's some dangerous signs when our conviction level drops our holiness level drops. Our consecration level drops. The standard of the word drops in our eyes. If, we, if you have to find yourself making excuses uh, why you could watch something that, uh, or do something or say something, whatever, you fill in the blanks, that at one time the Holy Spirit caused great conviction because he matched it with his word, and now you no longer are that way, I'm going to examine your, uh, ask you to examine yourself and, and consider you've probably become very dry. And that's why you have no very little conviction anymore. That's why it doesn't bother you anymore when you maybe willfully sin because you've got to the point where you've kind of uh, deadened or, or hardened that area of your sensitivity. So that's number two. I warn our people and our, the body of Christ, be careful when you're in the valley that you don't slip into a um, convictionless Christianity, a, a, a reality that is void of biblical conviction. That's dangerous. I've said it before and I'll say it again because there's a lot of people watching for the first time. My scariest reality in my walk with Jesus is not so much the darkness that's happening right now. It's not even uh, scriptures on hell because I know who I am in Christ and I know what God has done for me. My scariest reality, guys, is when I could wake up one morning and no longer be convicted of what I used to be convicted of. Then it should give me a signal. Something is not right. Can I hear an amen? The third, the third sign or warning sign that we may be in the dry bone valley, that we may be in the valley of the dry bones, is, now listen to this, when your spiritual community and godly friendships 
no longer are important to you. I'm going to say that again. This is powerful. Spiritual community and godly or godly friendships are no longer, or relationships are no longer important to you. Again, godly relationships, godly friendships, um, spiritual community. When we start despising spiritual community, in other words, be, wanting to be with other brothers and sisters of the Lord, which I don't have time, that's through all throughout the scripture that the Lord encourages that. Uh, Acts chapter two, you know, has been my big thing about how the early church grew. They were together a lot. Uh, it, it's important, even in Psalm chapter one, the very first Psalm in the very first chapter, in the very first verse, it says, uh, blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And when you don't uh, walk in the counsel of the ungodly, in other words, you walk in the counsel of the righteous, Righteous, a little leaven, leaven the whole lump, right? Uh, and and it's, it's all over the Bible. You know, bad company corrupts good morals in Corinthians. It's all the same thing. So when we don't have uh, a desire for spiritual community or for godly relationships in our life, check your heart because that may be a dangerous sign that we're slipping into the valley of the dry bones ourselves. We should want to be with brothers and sisters in the Lord to sharpen each other, iron sharpening iron. We, we need to be able to, to go back to those old school scriptures and say, do not be unequally yoked uh, with unbelievers. I mean, when it doesn't mean you don't minister to unbelievers. It doesn't mean that. It just means that there's a certain time in your walk with God where there's, there's unbelievers are not, gonna, are not going to understand why you're abstaining from something. Or, or, or you value something because it's written in the word of God. Eventually they may understand and we still minister to them, but I'm saying is we need to be very careful that we don't fall into this trap that we no longer value godly relationships. That's number three. Number four, okay? The fourth sign that, fourth sign that we are in, uh, in the valley of the dry bones, okay? In the valley of the dry bones is this, is when you're calling or the ministry that God has given you becomes unenthusiastically burdened on your life. In other words, there is the call of God and the ministry that God has called you to do, whether it's business, whether it's uh, spiritual or it's preaching, whether it's uh, um, doing some uh, entrepreneurship, whatever it is that God has called you to do. When you no longer have the desire for what God has called you to do, and it becomes more of a burden for you to do that, and not a healthy burden, uh, a loaded, uh, heavy burden that's, that's undesirable, you don't desire anymore, that is a warning sign. I may be drying up. Now, yes, is our calling or your calling uh, has challenges to it? Yes. Does your calling uh, require sacrifice? Of course, of course. But even in my sacrifice and even in the things that I'm doing that causes, that causes uh, weariness in the ministry, I absolutely love what I do because God called me. And this is my calling. My calling is what is part of what I'm doing right now is preaching the gospel, uh, is pastoring our people, is leading a community. That's what God called me to do. And you know what? I can't picture myself doing anything else. Why? Because God, not man, called me. So when you and I start having this real unenthusiastic um, view of our calling, whatever your calling is, that is a sign marker that you may start being in the valley of the dry bones, right? And fifth, and this is not least, but this is the top five I picked. When, and, 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 my, and my singers and musicians, you're gonna love this. When praise and worship no longer excites you. When praise and worship and prayer, I'm gonna lump prayer in there too, because 
prayer is not just intercession, is also mingled with pray, uh, worship. When, guys, when worship and, and, and um, praise no longer excites you on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not talking about having goosebump experience. I'm not talking about anything physical on you, right? I'm talking about inside of you. If you don't desire the, the worship of the Lord and worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord, there is something off, my friends, in your walk with God. Because part of our spiritual DNA, our makeup as people of God, is that he's created us to worship. The Father in John chapter 4, Jesus said to the, to the woman at the well, my Father is seeking those who worship in spirit and truth because God is spirit. My Father is spirit. So he's seeking those who, listen, worship in spirit and truth. There has to be that fiery element in you that you long for worship, that you long to be in the presence of God, but more importantly to be in the presence of God, that you're seeking Jesus. And when you, listen, listen, sermons like this is for you and it's for us to be filled. The only thing that we, that God kind of benefits from in our, uh, in our time of worship or our personal time with the Lord is our worship to him. Think about it. While I'm preaching, it's, it's not like the Holy Spirit or the Father's going, wow, I never knew that. That's good, what Pastor George is saying. No, this is not for God. My preaching is for you. It's for the people. But our worship, come on, somebody, is for God. This is one of the few things that God himself says, this is mine. I love when you worship me. Listen, he is not impressed by my preaching. He's not impressed by uh, what you do in your business, although he gave that to you. But what he really wants and really wants from us is our worship. If we find ourselves unenthusiastic in our praise and worship in our private or corporately, and we continue to find this pattern like, oh, worship is boring. I don't know. You need to check yourself because that's a warning sign that we've slipped into the valley of the dry bones. Oh, I feel the Lord, don't you? And uh, this is very important for you because you have to understand in order for you to, to thrive in the valley, you have to first see the valley. Come on, say see. You have to see it, all right? And then number two, you have to make sure that you, when you see it, you realize, are, are you discerning what are these warning signs for the dry bones, right? Dry, dry bones means they've been lifeless for a long time. Now, I want you to see the second one. There's a promise. The second one point that I want to share here is the promise. All that was the first point. The second point is this promise. Say the promise. The promises of God is revealed. Now, look what happens after verse 3. I want you to go back to Ezekiel chapter 37, and I want you to, to go into uh, verse uh, 4 through 6. And I'm going to be wrapping up in a couple, in about 10 minutes or so. Look at what it says here. After he said, uh, do you know if these bones will live? He said, only you will know that. Look at what verse 4 says. Then the Lord said to me, speak or prophesy this message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and, and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you, and, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Now, what is that? That right there is the promises of God because he, God did not leave the people of God in the situation that they were in. So he actually brought uh, Ezekiel to a valley, saw the dry bones, right? And then he didn't leave them. He goes, but here's the good news, Ezekiel. 
I want you to see the dry bones, but you're not going to stay as a dry bones if you do what I tell you in the valley. Watch this, guys. He says, I'm going to give you what to prophesy. In other words, here is the promise. We need to hold the, to the promises of God. Right now, during the valley season of America or the world, however you want to call it, with what's happening with our continued quarantine, we are, in a sense, in some areas, really needing to respond in the valley. Now watch this. Watch this. The promise is still there. So God says to Ezekiel, here is the promise. I want you to prophesy. Watch this. Not anything. He gave specific instructions. Ezekiel, don't prophesy a car. Don't prophesy a boat. Don't prophesy a house. <laughs> prophesy. Prophesy to them that they will live again. Prophesy that they're going to come together. Prophesy the word of the Lord that they're, going to, they're not going to be dry and they're going to come together with skin and muscles, right? Now, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. I want you to, I want you to get this, right? The third thing that Ezekiel did was he spoke out what God told him to speak. In other words, he prophesied in the valley. Listen to this. And he prophesied. Are you ready for this? Ready for this? He didn't prophesy about the bones. He didn't prophesy around the bones. He prophesied to the bones. Come on, somebody. He prophesied right to them. I need you to look at me right now, and I need you to understand that there are things in your life, there's mountains in your life, there's little things in your life that the Lord is going to give you instruction if you position yourself with him in intimacy, and he's going to tell you, prophesy to that problem. Prophesy to that sickness. Prophesy to that financial um, uh, heartbreak or, or that relational heartbreak. Prophesy to that particular mountain, those particular bones. And I want you to prophesy. Now, now this is beautiful because when, when Ezekiel spoke it, uh, I believe that many of you are, have been silenced by what's been going on. And the enemy is using this to try to silence your voice. But the Lord is saying, like he said to Ezekiel, prophesy this. Then it's up to us to speak it. Because Ezekiel could have been like, okay, that's going to happen. He actually prophesied word for word what the Lord told him to prophesy. And guess what happened? The Bible says, as he began to speak, things started shifting. Listen, listen, I know this sounds preachy. Things started shifting, and I'm going to show you that it's not just a preachy sermon. As soon as he was obedient to prophesy life and prophesy what God told him to prophesy, remember the Lord Jesus said, I can only do what, the, what I see the Father doing, saying what the, what the Father is saying, right? All right? I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he was meaning. Then we need to do the same. We need to look at our situation. If we're jobless, if we're lacking funds, if we're in our health, we need to start prophesying to that condition. Come on. To that sickness in your body. Don't talk about it any, anymore. Prophesy to it. Say, health, you will be. Body, you will be strong. Health, you will be restored. Finances, I speak to you. Come on. You shall be restored. And, and open doors shall come in the name of Jesus. And, and guys, if you do that, not with a hype mentality, but if you do that with faith, Things are going to shift, and I want you to see this because I'm almost closing. Look at verse 7 through 8. Uh, in, right after God tells Ezekiel to prophesy, look at what happens when he speaks. So watch this. So verse 7 says, So I spoke, and I prophesied this message, message just as the Lord told me. Suddenly, it was, it was moments after he spoke it. 
Suddenly there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and, f- and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin covered uh, their bodies, and then, and they, but they had no breath in them. In other words, here's what happened. He started speaking things into existence, and when he started speaking things into existence, things started to get into motion according to the eventual promise that, that the Lord said in the beginning of Ezekiel, that they shall live again. But notice that speaking it, just put it into alignment. There was one missing element. Listen to me. Listen to me. When you speak to this thing, when you speak, there's going to be, I, I believe, a, by faith and alignment that's, uh, that's going to start taking place. Things that were scattered in your life. Come on. Relationships that were uh, kind of distance and or things that you've been really on your heart. I believe the more you hear God's voice and align what he is seeing and saying, and then you declare what he's declaring. Sometimes you just have to get your Bible and say, uh, your word says this, the righteous have not been forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. You know what happens when you quote the word? It can never return back void. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. My word that I spoke up my mouth, it cannot return void. So what better way to speak a promise than to actually speak the, the actual scriptures into your situation? Come on, say speak. That's what Ezekiel did. And when he spoke, everything started coming to alignment. It was the beginning, watch this, of restoration. It wasn't complete yet, but it was the beginning because now the bones came and the muscles came and the the sinews came and they were all there. But the Bible says they had no life in them. Okay? And I could preach a whole, uh, another message on the other side of that because there is a... a, um, an appearance of godliness, but denying the power thereof, right? You could act like a Christian and smell like a Christian, but you're not a Christian. Come on, say amen. And so it, the, when he spoke, but what I'm trying to focus on today is not so much that, is the fact that when Ezekiel spoke, there was alignment, right? But there was no breath. Now watch this. This is my last point. It was not until the Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy over the breath over the winds, that life came into the bones, watch this, and something glorious happens, okay? Up until this point, God did not call those bones his army yet, but when the wind came, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. This is, po- this is the next point. The next point is that the activity of the Holy Spirit needs to be welcomed in this valley process, inviting the person of the Holy Spirit in and inviting the activity of the Holy Spirit in. It will give life to the situation that you are praying and prophesying about. Allow the Holy Spirit to do what you can't do. And I want you to see this. I'm so excited because look what it says in uh, in closing. Look at what it says in verse uh, um, 9 through, through 10 and beyond. And he said to me, the Lord said to me, speak or prophesy to the winds. Listen to this. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breath into these dead, breathe into these dead bodies so that may, they may live again. Watch this. So I, Ezekiel, spoke the message. I prophesied as the Lord commanded me and breath came into their bodies. Are you ready for this? Watch this. This is in verse 10. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. Are you ready? A great 
army. A great army. That's the first time that God says, that is what my army looks like. Not just the, the, the pre, because it's still, we're still part of the army, but the completion of it is when the Holy Spirit, symbolically speaking, of the wind, the breath of God, that is Jesus in John chapter 20. He, he breathed on the disciples. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So breath. And wind is symbolic of the person and the activity of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. Right when there was the valley, then there was the bones, right? The identifying of the bones, right? And then there was the prophecy, and then he spoke it. He spoke what God said. After he spoke it, then he prophesied to the wind. In other words, in, in modern-day language, he said, Now, Holy Spirit, I am inviting you to do what only you can do. In my situation, Lord, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to prophesy life into this. And I'm asking the activity of the Holy Spirit to be here with me. Because the Holy Spirit's activity is when he, the, the life got into these bones, right? And it was called a great army. They stood up to their feet. And the Bible says they were alive. And they were considered a great army. This is so amazing because... God's people are called the dry bones here. And, and, and in the end, God promises that they will soon arise again, arise from their dust and arise from the things that they've been uh, going through and they will walk in power. Let me give you a, a prophetic uh, word before we log off here, before we sign off, is this. Once you are in the valley, I want you to do these things. Identify where you're at. The Bible says Jesus... The Lord took Ezekiel to the valley, so he had to see it. Then number two, he showed him the dry bones. Are you in these conditions that I spoke of? What are the warning signs that you are drying up real fast and that you're losing life? What is it, right? Once you identify that, then you get in position to hear God, and, the, and here's the command. You prophesy in the valley. You prophesy in the valley. In the valley. While you're in the valley, prophesy to the bones or to the mountains. Prophesy to those things by faith, using the word of God. Don't get all weird and goofy and all that. Prophesy according to the word of God, to the word of the Lord, right? Prophesy scriptures over your finances, over your health, over your family, over the salvation of your, of your kids or your loved ones, right? And then invite the person of the Holy Spirit to say and to do what only he can do. Because when you do, here's a promise. Just like Jesus was in the wilderness. And the Bible says he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the very end, the Bible says the enemy left him, the devil left him for an opportune time. And in Luke chapter 4, uh, you can read it. Luke chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. In the, in the NLT, it says something powerful. It says that Jesus came out of the wilderness in spirit and power. I'm going to say that again. He came out of the wilderness after being in a very hot, very testing place, he came out filled with the Spirit and power. This last example is in Ezekiel 37 when he breathed on them and prophesied breath of life is symbolic and prophetic for the Holy Spirit to breathe life into things again. But be purposeful and start praying and start prophesying these things. Start declaring these things by faith, right? And allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he could do. My friends, don't get in his way. Let him do what he could do, and you will come out with the spirit and power. And guess what? You will be identified just like these bones 
as the army of God. Yeah, that's been weak. Yeah, that's been broken. But it's allowing the Holy Spirit to point them to Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill them. So I want to encourage you. Invite the person of the Holy Spirit in your daily walk because God is going to be doing some incredible things. Prophesy in your valley. Guys, I'm going to close with this and I'm going to just ask you, if, if, if you could just bow your heads right in your house, we're going we're gonna to pray right now, and then we're going to uh, go to our, our last segment. So I want you to pr- close your eyes. And Father, I just ask in Jesus' name for those who are watching right now online, Lord God, for those who've been in a valley, for those who've, who've been in a, a rut, have been dried out, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, even through these messages, through the warning signs, through the scripture, through the story of Ezekiel, that we will be able to see, Lord God, that Even though we may be in a valley, we're not going to stay in that condition because you promised the people of Israel, and just like you promised the people of Israel, that they would not remain scattered and in that same place, there is a prophetic promise for the people of God. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that we would be encouraged to prophesy in the valley to our bones and to those spiritual mountains that are in the way, and we will see your spirit do your work. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're, if you're here and you're watching and, and you're saying, man, this, this, uh, uh, this message touched me, and you want to give your life to the Lord, I want to encourage you to, to, again, surrender yourself for the Lord. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If you've never accepted the Lord in your life, if you've backslidden and you've not been uh, coming to church or, or following the Lord, I want to encourage you. Give your life to the Lord. Surrender to him. Repent of your sins. Invite him in your life. Surrender. Ask him to be Lord of your life. And then you will see that he will come in and he will change you. Forgive you of your sins and he will transform your life. If you want more uh, information on how to get saved and and things of that nature, go to our website, remnantchristiancenter.com. There's going to be a couple places you could go to to fill out some forms, to find out more about uh, what to do after you get saved, and we are going to follow up with you. We love you. We can't wait to see you guys again. If you don't mind, don't tune off yet because I want to make sure that you see this video. Again, in our weekly giving, we have had a challenge because uh, we're not here, so we're trusting God and we're believing God. I want to pause and say this. We're still being active as a church community. During this pandemic, every Monday night, we're still giving uh, uh, food, as you probably saw in, in some of the announcements that we're doing. We're giving food to people that are needy, that are in critical need every Monday. And again, we're about to do something really powerful uh, with our outreach, again, with Rady. We're about to uh, bless our, our local firefighters and our, um, our police officers. And so we encourage you to get involved, make sure you're, you're making a difference, you're the light of the world, and God is going to back you up because God is good. Amen. We love you. I hope to see you next week and tune into some of our midweek stuff. Go ahead and see this video and make sure you, if you can, stay faithful with your tithe and offerings and faithful with your giving during this time so that we could continue to be a blessing to others. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.